0: Gentlemen, I want to thank you so very much for being here on this LFATV 161st episode of Rise Up. Let's get those headphones off now. Um, How many of you are already in tears? I saw in the chat somebody said, anybody want to take bets on how fast this show will bring us to tears today? I said, what you mean? I'm already been, I've already been crying. I've already had a tear in my eye this morning, multiple times, praising my God, praising my father, praising my one true dad, praising my Lord and savior, praising the Holy Spirit that resides in me day in and day out, which is my GPS, my God protective services that literally... Steers me out of harm's way. I've already cried many times this morning. So what you talking about, Willis? Tears of joy, not tears of sadness. No better way to purge out the bad feelings, the things that happened yesterday. No better feeling than to purge them out through tears. Get rid of them. Yes, Kelly, you're right. They have been. Multiple times this morning. She said, your eyes look wet. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to play videos for you today as I do pretty much every day that will show you why I've already been in tears this morning. But again, nothing for me is more satisfying, gratifying, and I have no more glory to give to God than I do in the morning times here with you, praising him and giving him thanks for everything he's done for us. Knowing that Jesus took what he deserved when he took sin upon himself. That punishment that he got, he deserved it when he took our, our sin because he got what we deserved. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Something God promises never to do to you. That's how powerful you are. That's how precious you are to him. That's how much he loves you. And let me make one thing clear to the thousand people that are already watching here this morning. You were not saved through your goodness. You were not saved through your kindness. You were not saved by your willingness to go to church. You are not saved by the words of of the Bible. You are not saved by your pastor, your priest, your preacher, or whatever. You're not saved by your church. You're not saved by your, how much you pray. You're not saved by how much you say you love God. You are not even saved by how much you say you believe in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me make that perfectly clear. You are saved by the blood There is nothing else in this world that saves you, that will save you, that can save you, that could ever save anyone, but blood. The life force that Jesus spilled at the foot of the cross for you, for me, for your sons, for your daughters, for your moms and dads, and nieces and nephews, cousins, uncles, grandmas and grandpas. The blood of Jesus Christ was required to fulfill God's law. And that blood, and that blood alone, is what saves you. That is the work that has already been done. Not your works. Your works cannot, will not, and will never save you. Your works are there because you are glad and because you are joyful and because it's a default mechanism that you fall into because of your joy, because of what God's done for you. You do works not to be saved, but because you're saved. Your works can't save you. The work has already been done in the cross and the blood that was spilled is what saves you and that and that alone. I know there's a lot of people in the chat today hurting. Eli, was it, was it Yoder who said that their sister's, what was it? Police officer, right? Died in the line of duty? Found in the academy, dead? Brendan, you said it right. Or Brenda, you said it right. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Today's going to be a pretty powerful show. Shishu says, I am, the, I am one of them that are hurting mentally. Andrew has pancreatic cancer and it's spread to his liver. His doctors only give him six months. Shishu has mental issues that's trying to overcome. That's why they're here every day. People finding their loved ones dead. This is why the Bible tells you to stay ready. Not only do you not know When the end of days are, only the Father knows that, not even Jesus. But you don't know when your days are coming to an end. You don't know. It could be right now. I could be in the middle of this, eyes completely full of tears like they have been all morning. I could be in the dead set middle of this and just die and just be gone. Brings tears to my eyes even thinking about it. Not because I'm scared of going to heaven. But because I'm joyful of it. (laughs) I'm joyful that I got a chance to experience this life. I am joyful that God chose me and gave me skills to do what I'm doing right now. So if I were to die today... I am a fulfilled man. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am filled with Jesus. I am filled with God's word. I wouldn't be scared. I'm not afraid of it. I'm ready for it. Be ready. Because we just don't know. And if you're ready, then you're not fearful. You're not worried. You're not succumbing to the mental problems that, that, that plague you every day that the devil's sitting there laughing at, loving. I want to tell you something real quick here. I heard something once that I'd like to echo for you right now. And this is for all of you. It's going to bring me to tears to say it. This is for all of you who are experiencing very, very hard times, divorce, money problems, bankruptcy, Cheating on cheating on, or being cheated on. Feeling you're not worthy. Your mental issues creeping up on you and telling you day in and day out, you're nothing. This is going to be for all of you. Are you ready? The moment that you understand how incredibly powerless, weak, small and lame Satan really is you're going to say to yourself this is it you (laughs) I've been so deceived you are the one that destroyed my marriage you are the one that helped sow doubt into my family, into my life, into my own head. You are the one that deceived me into thinking that money was what I needed to obtain. You are the one that deceived me into thinking that the grass was greener on the other side. You? You're nothing. How is this possible? I've been so deceived. Heavenly Father, forgive me. That's what you're going to say when you know Jesus you are going to see the devil for what he really is and you're going to go, you? You? I allowed you to do this? I allowed you to make me think that I wasn't worthy? I allowed you to make me think that what God gave me wasn't enough? I allowed you of all people to make me feel like I was lonely and that there was nobody out there for me and that I was destined for a life of Uh, 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 of of desperation and servitude to you? Are you kidding me? Once you know Jesus for real, you are going to look at him and go, you're nothing. You're absolutely nothing. And I let you deceive me. Remember, it isn't the devil who sins in your life. It's you who, who allows the devil to tempt you to sin. Why do you think I say every single day? There are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper, shall ever prosper. Because when when you are embodying the spirit like this, Satan is nothing but a flea, a mosquito, a tick, a leech, a parasite, a cancerous nothing. He is only the ruler of this world because people are weak. It's time to get strong. Shishu, speaking to you right now. And I don't even know you, not personally, but I know you spiritually. I know that we are siblings in Christ. And I'm looking through the lens of this camera directly into your soul, talking to your Holy Spirit right now. Stop allowing the devil to mentally attack and destroy you. Look in the mirror. Look at what God has given you. Don't look at what you might have become. Look at who you were created to be. Mirrors are like the devil. They're liars. Your eyes can deceive you. Look deeper than the flesh, the hair, the eyes, the nose, the lips, the skin. Look deeper when you look in the mirror. Convict yourself with the Ten Commandments and look to your Holy Spirit. Shishu, what's your name? I want to know your real name. And I'm sorry for the sniffling. You know what happens here on Rise Up. We cry, we're passionate. We get deep. Are we in the last days? We're going to talk about that today, but we're going to talk more about how you need to be ready. The signs are here. Sherry. Sherry is your name. Let's do something here. We are going to look up the name of Sherry. And your name, (laughs) Sherry, you want to know what your name means in Hebrew, Arabic, and then passed even down through Greek? Do you want to know what it means? Beloved or darling? Let me ask you this, Sherry. How can you be mentally attacked and destroyed daily to thinking that you are whatever it is? When your name truly means beloved or darling. Oh, Sherry met me in Miami. Okay, I remember who you are now. I know who you are now. You are beloved, Sherry. You are darling. I did not get that from you when I met you in Miami. I did not get that you were mentally attacked. You know why? Because I did not meet the person who you think you've become. I met Sherry, the one God created to be beloved or darling. Stay ready. Be ready for these attacks. Be ready for the end of your days and our days. And how do you do that? By shooing away the devil like a mosquito. You're not a mess. Sherry, you're not a mess. Sherry just said I'm a mess. You're not a mess. If you were a mess, then you wouldn't be here taking this in right now. You'd be under a bridge somewhere shooting heroin, idolizing Hunter Biden. I want to read the description of today's show and then we're going to get into it deep. Okay? We're going to get into it deep. Today I wrote this. Are we in the last days? There are signs that tell us in the Bible when we are getting close. Now, obviously, nobody but the Father knows the exact time, but we do have a good idea. Today, we will be focusing on the signs of sexual immorality. So if your children are being sexually immoral, or if you are being sexually immoral, this is the show for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, God destroyed the entire world because of sexual immorality. And later on, destroyed two massive and powerful large cities that were full of sexual abomination. We have to look into these actions. And we have to compare why the world... And these cities were destroyed, and we need to compare them to what's going on today. So let's talk about that. We all know that the end times will produce natural disasters, nation rising against nation, kingdom rising against kingdom, open borders, one world government, starvation, earthquakes, tornadoes, storms, all of the above. Now, I guess every generation can say, by natural disaster and storms, are we in the last days? I I bet every generation could probably say that. Okay? But when you put all the pieces together... This is happening just like the Bible said. That's happening like the Bible said. That's happening like the Bible said. We are closer to one world government and one world religion now than we've probably been in centuries, maybe a millennia. And then you add in what is going on sexually because I think that's, I think that's the missing piece that people are not talking about when they're talking about the end of days. So what is the end of days? Well, the end of days could mean Tomorrow. But I don't think personally, this is my personal opinion. I'm not I'm not saying this out of any other knowledge than my own personal opinion. I don't believe we have 10 generations left on this planet. So how many generations are there in 100 years? 2, 3? I don't think we have 10 generations left on this planet. And all of those signs that I just told, that I just talked about, the the disasters, the war, the famine, all that, none of that actually makes me believe or say that we only have 10 generations left or less than 10 10 generations left. But the one that does is the sexual immorality. The one that does is the sexual immorality. Jesus said, and you can find this both in Matthew and in Luke. When Jesus is talking about the end of days, the end of times, he's talking about so many different aspects to what we're, so many different signs, right? Euphrates River drying up, all these different signs that are already happening. But then he says this. The end of times will be like the days of Noah, He says that in Matthew, and in Luke, he he says Noah as well, but then Luke adds that Jesus said, and in the days of Lot. So why did the Bible, why did Jesus reference to the disciples on the Mount of Olives when he was looking over everything? Why did Jesus reference the days of Noah and the days of Lot? Sexual immorality was at its highest. It is clear to me. Now, I know that there's opposing views on this. But it is clear to me that the reason, the main reason, that God destroyed the earth in Noah's day was because the entire world was wicked, drunk, and sexually immoral. Rude, lying thieves, all of that. But if you really read scripture and you compare different books to the same time period, it's clear to me that one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, that God wiped out the world with a flood was because the fallen angels were having sex with with human women, daughters of God. Now, whether you believe they, their offspring were giants, known as the Nephilim, that might be up for debate or discussion. However, it is not up for debate or discussion that the angels had crossed that line, crossed that boundary, and were having sex with humans, and had offspring that were called the Nephilim whether they were giants with superhuman strength or not, that can be debated and disputed if you, mo- if you move forward in the Bible a little bit, but it cannot be proven. I believe that the angels having sex with humans was the straw that broke the camel's back And destroyed this world. Uh, As well as all the other sexual immorality, the lying, the cheating, the thieving, the stealing, all of that. Now let's move forward to Lot's day. In Lot's day, God has already promised, with a rainbow, never, ever, 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 ever again to destroy the world. Somebody said, sorry, Jeremy, you are wrong about angels having sex with humans. Well, it says it in Genesis. So I'm very sorry that you think that. But I'll read it to you here in just a minute. Now, to move forward. In Lot's day, Sodom and Gomorrah. It is said that Sodom and Gomorrah were so sexually immoral that there wasn't the men and the young boys of Sodom and Gomorrah were all gay and they were gang raping other men they were all gay they had no desire I'm not reading about the book of Enoch somebody said the book of Enoch I'm not talking about the book of Enoch I'm talking about Genesis It also says that those men of that day and the boys of that day had no desire to sleep with women. That they were gang raping men and they were literally lusting after each other, men after men. They had no desire to sleep with women. And what happened to those? What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Absolutely destroyed by fire and brimstone. Now, you move forward to Jesus, and Jesus says, the end of days, one of the signs of the end of days, to look around you, and there will be the sexual immorality like the days of Noah and Lot. Are we not seeing that today? That's my question. Look around you. They're turning every man gay, and if not gay, then turning them into women, and if not women, making them believe that they have toxic masculinity to sensitize them to pave the road to being gay. I really love how in tune you guys are with the Bible to know that I am correct in what I'm saying. I am going from the Bible, not from something that somebody told me. Let's go, if I may, first... To Matthew, Matthew 24, 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall be also the coming of the Son of Man be. Let's go to Luke. Luke 17, 28 and 29 says this. Likewise also, it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Now, you guys might remember that. Don't look back. Lot's wife, look back, boop. Pillar of salt. Wow, Jeremy, I just had this debate yesterday. Amazing. Now, let's get deeper into this, shall we? Because I like to get deep into things. I like to read. So, let's read. Who were the Nephilim in Genesis 6, 1, 4? This text is somewhat confusing, in part because the Nephilim, which means fallen ones, are mentioned but not really described here. In Numbers 13, however, they're described as some sort of large people, like giants. Now, to add to the confusion of people who are just reading it, you know, for the first time, or maybe even the 10th time even, Okay, The language about the sons of God procreating with the daughters of men surrounds the mention of the Nephilim. So is there a connection? Are these verses cobbled together but not related? This is the best piece of writing that I've been able to find to explain what I think. The first view is is that the Nephilim are offspring of the sons of God and daughters of men. The idea is that the sons of God refers to angels or fallen angels. This term is used for angels in other places in scripture, like in the beginning of Job that said, and the daughters of men refers to human women. (laughs) So the Nephilim then are superhuman offspring of angels and humans. This would explain their size and their reverence and the reverence people have for them. Proponents of this view will also point to Jude 6-7. God has kept certain fallen angels and demons locked away in hell because they committed sexual immorality and went beyond their boundaries as non-humans. Some people also couple this with 1 Peter 3-19, where it may indicate that Jesus proclaimed judgment on the angels who committed this crime between his death and resurrection. So the sons of God are fallen angels who had sex with human women, creating the Nephilim, and were chained up for crossing the boundaries God had given to them to roam the earth like they do now before Jesus comes back to destroy them for good. But then there's a second interpretation, and I would not like to have this debate or this discussion without giving multiple points of view. A second possible interpretation is that the sons of God describes godly men perhaps from the line of Seth, one from Adam and Eve's other children, who procreated with sinful, non-God-worshipping women. So that's the other point of view, is that they weren't sons of God, as in fallen angels, but it does say they were fallen. That's what Nephilim means, the fallen ones. Okay? So the other point of view is, they weren't actually... Sons or fallen angels having sex with women. They were godly men having sex with ungodly women which produced ungodly children, ungodly offspring. So we're going to keep going here. The The defense of this is this story follows right after Cain wanders out into the wilderness... And so the wicked offspring of Cain start intermingling with the people who still worship God. This would help explain verse 3, which says God was tired of battling with mortals. Then verse 5, which talks about the earth being filled with wicked people, causing God to want to flood the earth. So it's possible that the Nephilim are the same people as the sons of God, which would make sense since they're described as the heroes of old, which means that they were in some sense good at least one time. However, the reason why I don't believe that is because other scripture, like in Numbers and in Job and other places, describe them as truly giant people. Men of great strength and size and girth. Abominations of sexual immorality. Now, Brandon D. Smith, who wrote this, and I... I I commend him for writing to give both sides of both point of views. He says, we should be careful anytime we decide that a passage of scripture is inconsequential. And there's a third view here. Some argue that the Nephilim are simply an odd addition here, but don't mean much to the story. So they're either inconsequential to the story of the sons of God and daughters of men, or we don't know enough about the Nephilim to know that they're related to the story. I don't believe that can be true at all. I don't believe that could be true at all. So it's either option one, which I believe, or option two, which many Christians believe, but cannot back it up like you can in option one. That's why I lean toward option one. So since God will never destroy the earth again by flood, no matter how much sexual immorality we have, It's all rolled into the end of times. Angels must be part human to fall into human sin. I don't think angels are part human. I don't. That's another story for another time. I know it. you would say that it would relate to this, and it may, but that's a whole nother can of worms we'd have to open up. Now, Annette says, I believe option one, and I've looked into it and came to that conclusion. Finally ordered my pecan coffee, just a little treat for me, says FLR girl. Well, thank you very much. Grammy says, I don't believe someone needs seminary to be a pastor because I learn more from you, Jeremy, than any pastor out there. Wow. Well, you're learning from God, not me. (laughs) They have found skeletons 20 feet tall in the Smithsonian, and they have them. Is Coco Puff's first time here, did somebody say? Let me go back and see that. Thought I saw that somewhere. Well, if it is your first time here, welcome. Did David fight a giant, a Nephilim? That's what I believe. And needed the power of God to take him down. Calia says, I don't think angels are part human at all. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. Sin is not reserved for humans because the Lucifer created the first sin. He created sin altogether. Many pastors and priests have gotten away from the Bible and the word of God. I believe you're true. I believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. I want to go to a video. I actually have a few videos to show you. Actually, I have a video archived. Let me go to this first. I have a video archived from a guy that basically just said somewhat similar to the same thing I said. And I think it's a great, great video. So let me get my headphones on here and let's go ahead and play that now. Oh, Coco Puffs is on her way to the ark. That's incredible. You'll have a great time. You'll have a great time. All right, let's, uh, let's pop this over and let's play this video for the fam. Here we go.
1: This is the one major thing that everyone has missed to prove that we are in the last day. Jesus said that in the last day, it would be very similar to Noah's day and Lot's day. In Noah's day, it says the world was wicked, but it only brought out the sexual perversion between angels sleeping with women. In Lot's day, it says the whole city was wicked, but it only brought out one thing, the sexual perversion of the city. It says every man and boy in the city was gay, and the city was destroyed by God because of it. So Jesus said that in the last day, it would mimic Noah's day, and it would mimic Lot's day. So guess what we have today? An explosion of sexual perversion. It is the one major thing that proves that we are at the end, because it mimics the other two days.
0: That guy's based. Now, somebody said, so there are giants today. Does that mean they are Nephilim? No. No. Breeding, genetics, over time, maybe a strand of Nephilim blood's passed down. Maybe who, I, I don't believe that people that are considered giants today are Nephilim or fallen angels. Maybe they're offspring of offspring, of offspring, of offspring. I don't think just because a person is tall are they considered a Nephilim. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think there's a lot more to it than that. But I really want to focus today on the sexual immorality. Because sexual immorality, ladies and gentlemen, like he just said, is exploding across the world right now. Exploding. I have a few more videos that I'd like to show you today. Again, these are not really uh, reserved for sexual immorality uh, topics, but they're definitely going to hit home. So before we play those, let's read from One Minute Prayer for Dads. And let's read from Raising a Prayer, not a prayer, raising a prayer. Luke 11.1, one, since we're reading from Luke. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, how can you make sure that you're always ready for the end of days, for the last days? Prayer. Prayer. We dads teach our children many things, but few are as important as how to pray. A simple way to start is by helping a child learn the Lord's Prayer. You, dad, teach your children the familiar prayer and discuss the meaning of each phrase. Now, before we get into to the uh, one minute prayer for dad's description of this, how many of you saw little David? Hi, little David. How many saw him pray the Lord's Prayer at the Trump rally in Erie, Pennsylvania? That warmed my heart like you like like nobody will ever believe. Father, as I continue to pray daily for my children, I need to make sure they understand the importance of prayer. Help me teach them that prayer is not about getting things, nor is it merely a bedtime ritual or a a time uh, to to do it towards a, a eating ritual. Prayer is communing with you, our creator. Prayer is worship. Prayer is listening. Prayer is in any time, anywhere, practice that brings us closer to you. Guide me, Lord, as I teach my kids the importance of prayer and how to pray as I encourage them to pray for me. I want to get right into this next book here because this goes along with what I was just talking about. Be in prayer, Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. Now, this guy wrote this. Victor Hugo wrote this. When I was young, I thought when you prayed, you needed to be on bended knee, hands folded and eyes closed. Yeah, so did I when I was a kid. So did I. Now, I think you should have your eyes closed for sure. Of course, my thoughts on that changed over the years. Yet, I think there are probably many out there who feel that praying to God only happens when you do it intentionally. I now think that God hears many of our prayers even when our lips aren't moving. Stay prayed up, folks. Sometimes when driving down the highway or sitting in the park, my mind goes into a deep meditation and pursues what I did that day and how I treated others on my daily journey. Many times I realize that I didn't even make the decision or represent God in a way that would shine His light into a dark world, yet I know that God knows every thought I have before it happens. These thoughts are definitely prayers as I realize my mistakes and contemplate on how to make amends for anything that I didn't live up to for Christ's example that day. Stay prayed up, folks. Stay prayed up. And and for you youngins out there, and even for you people my age and older, sexual immorality, let me talk about that real quick again. You know how they say that marijuana is the gateway to crack and cocaine and all that? I mean, you have to ask Hunter that, I don't know. But you know how they say there's gateway drugs? Well, there's gateway sins as well. Oh, I, I did that. That's, I can do this tomorrow. Oh, now I did this sin. Nothing really changed in my life. Maybe I'll just go a little bit more. Sin is like a gateway drug. If you're having sexual immorality in your life right now, let's say you're having sex with somebody outside of marriage. Let's say that somebody is, is, is sleeping in your bed every night and coming over to your home and you're having sex, but you're not married. If you are having sexual lust thoughts of women that you are not married to, and you are pleasuring yourself because of this, and you are having le- lust thoughts about other people, these are sins you want to stay away from. Because they're going to lead you down the sexual sin, immorality, life of porn, and then doing all of these things that you're, that you're fantasizing about and lusting about. If you're cheating on your husband or wife right now, stop now. Repent, admit it to them, and move on. You have no idea how deep into sexual immoral sin that I was in my life. Ask Eli, he'll tell you. Everything I could tell you Times that by 10, and that's what I was doing sexually in my life. Wrong. So wrong. And it, and it not only opened the door to other sexual sin, but it opened the door to other sin, period. It's bad. So if you're watching porn, if you're lusting and pleas- pleasuring yourself over things, over women and men that are not in your life, if you are doing anything outside of marriage, if you are having sex with men and you are a man, if you're having sex with women and you're a woman, all of that will lead uh, leads you to, down a path and a road that you may never come back from. I can tell you from personal experience, it is not worth it. All the women in the world that you could have sex with men, all the men in the world that you could have sex with women, even your most sexually desired people is not worth it. How many times have you done it? How many times have you done it? And then said to yourself, man, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I guess I could have done without that. It wasn't that important. How many times have you done that? How many? It's never worth it, is it? You know how many women I slept with? You know what the young kids call that today? How many women I slayed? You know how many women I slayed? Never slayed a man. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not gay. You are gay. You know how many women I had sex with that I that I thought were way out of my league, but I did it. I, I it was like a it was like a game. I was like hunting. I'm gonna have sex with that girl. And then I'd do it and I'd go, Eh. 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 It's not worth it. Never is. Now I want to play a series of videos for you. Again, this has nothing to do with sexual immorality, but it might just be a video that somebody needs. I archive these videos. I want to play them on Rise Up. So that's what I'm going to do. Get your tissues ready. You want to know why I cried this morning?
1: (laughs) Took off his clothes. Then they took long leather thongs with steel pellets or lead pellets on the end and beat him across the back until he could hardly stand up. Then they put a crown of thorns on his brow and his face was bleeding. And they laughed at him and they spit on him and they mocked him. And with one snap of his finger, 72,000 angels had already drawn their swords ready to come to his rescue and wipe this planet out of existence in the universe. And Jesus said, No, to this end was I born. He wasn't just another revolutionary. He wasn't just another hippie. He was not just another great man. He was God in the flesh. And oh, the ethics that he taught.
0: First of all, when you hear Billy Graham Narrating anything, it brings tears to my eyes. (laughs) But every single time I see what Jesus did for us, how can you not cry? How can you not? Here's another one for you. Talking about slavery in the Bible. And atheists and agnostics, one of their biggest arguments is, well, God allowed slavery. Why doesn't he now? Let's leave it to the great Frank Turek to shut this guy down real quick. Roll this. I think slavery is wrong now. And, and, and why was it okay back, back two centuries ago? Uh, why? What, is- happened, what, that, what happened biblically or theologically? Or did God have a new revelation to somebody and say, you know what, that was a bad idea? Chris, can you give me the PowerPoint here? First of all, Old Testament slavery was not race-based for servitude. It was voluntary means of working off debt or keeping captives from mustering a rebellion. Secondly, slave trading is condemned in the Bible both in the Old and the New Testaments Thirdly, the Bible teaches that all men are made in the image of God. Slave and master are equally human, protected, and one in Christ. That's throughout both Old and New Testaments. Fourthly, Jesus came to set the captives free. And fifth, the main, Bible's main goal is spiritual redemption, not social reform. The Old Testament was not ideal. It was forward-looking to a better Testament, which is the New. Why do you think slavery is wrong Boy, he, got, he shut that guy up real quick. Eli, can you do me a favor, bud? There's, an, uh, there's a letter on my desk out there that I wanted to read today. Can you grab that? I think I got enough time to read it. I was hoping I'd have enough time. Yes, thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got her letter to read. I said I'd read it on Rise Up. It was asked for me to read it on Rise Up, so I'll do that. Jeremy, you haven't heard from me lately. But I never stopped following you. I used to be a monthly donor until you stopped using PayPal. I plan to start donating again as soon as I figure out how to, on my Rumble account. I'm not very computer savvy, LOL. I know you can't remember everyone, but I sent you a wooden cross with three nails in it. It's right up there. I can, I'm seeing, I can see it from my desk. I also sent Sabrina a necklace. Maybe this will help you remember me a little. The reason you haven't heard from me for a while is I became very sick. I've been fighting leukemia off and on for 12 years. A little over a year ago, I came out of remission and have been in and out of the hospital multiple times. I am now experiencing new health problems regarding my heart. I heard your podcast this morning regarding the Moderna injections, which I had. I refused to take the boosters. I thought you might find this interesting and want to share this with the rest of our LFA family. I don't mind. I rumble and share your podcast daily and hope someone will hear and see the truth. Oh yeah, I also call when we need to light someone up. I haven't physically been able to do much, but this I can. i tried to send comments on rumble, but I have no clue if you get them. I have, my, I have, my, I have set up my profile though. I'm sending a check. Please use any way you see fit. Most important news I wanted to share with you is because of your podcast and Rise Up, I am closer to God. I've always believed in Him and known that through Jesus Christ only can I have everlasting life. He has been my rock, my strength, my hope, and my faith. Thanks for helping me renew my relationship with Him. I love him with all my heart. So do I. There were three times this year I didn't think I would ever come home from the hospital. I honestly thought I was going to die. Once again, the Lord pulled me through. I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going. I sure am glad I was able to spend more time with my family and all of you. For the record, I listen to your podcast in the hospital. I also listen to you while taking treatments at, onco- at the oncologist, at oncology. Sorry this letter is so long, but I had to, a lot to tell you. Keep spreading the truth. I love your lineup at LFA. They're all great and add uniqueness to their shows. P.S. I have lympho- lymphatic, lymphatic leu- leu- leukemia. I've been drinking Field of Greens for about three months. Approved by my oncologist. I want to face a day without it. I won't face a day without it. Love you all. Susan Sherling. Just in case you want to light me up. She gave me her address. My father, my grandfather passed away of leukemia. And lymph node issues. Which is why we talk about drinking Field of Green so much, because the first thing it does is purifies and cleans out your lymph node system, which is very, very vital, because from head to toe, you need it. Folks, I don't think that we can make it through a rise up without crying. Amen. Tears of joy, though. I want to lead you with one last video. And then we'll call it a day. Get your get your Kleenexes ready. Try to
2: relax, okay? Why? Just relax. No, but I'm trying to tell the truth. God, I really saw God. I could draw a picture of him. We're listening to you. I could draw a picture of him, okay. and, I'm, and I'm not even an artist. Mm-hmm. I saw God. Okay. God said that He's taking care of the rest. Okay. Amen. It's a beautiful thing when you can see God. That's why. Yeah. God took me into it. His chapel. Okay and I like saw all these angels. He's just such a beautiful person. God told me that I'm special and that I'm gonna just, I'm gonna make the world a better place and that the world will be a better place once that ball drops. Okay. And that everything will be good. And both of you ladies, he said that both of yous are like, are like everyone, including you, are the most perfect things that he's ever created, ever. And God said that God said that there's many more things To come for you And that there's going to be much more Much much
3: better things To come for you guys
0: Straight from the mouths of babes Unbelievable God is real Jesus Christ died for your sins He rose from the dead on day three And he's coming back Thank you for joining Rise Up today Sean Farish and Ungoverned comes up next. I got to go because he's already started, so we won't play any music on the way out, but just know this. I love you all. I'm praying for you all, Susan, everybody. I very much appreciate you guys being here every morning. God bless you, and I'll see you on the next show. Have a great morning. See you later.